When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your move. Blog Talk Radio. If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, I'm really excited for our guest, who we have is Mr. Gregory Manorino, and we will be talking about his perspectives about the economy. And I wanted to bring to your attention that the reason why I do focus on this, and I am bringing this to your attention, is because the economy and our currency is energy. It is how we go about our lives. It is how we provide for our families, how we travel and how we basically experience, uh, have experiences in this life uh, incarnation that we have right now. So Greg has got some insights. Uh, they're not exactly hopeful, but I think that he offers a very unique perspective because he's offering a lot of uh, insight that could help us be more aware, more aware of what's going on in the economy so we could be more aware of our own surroundings, so we could maybe have you know, a greater sense of freedom and utilize his insights so we can better protect ourselves in case there are rough waters ahead. So without further ado, here is our interview with Mr. Gregory Manorino. We're honored to have on the show today Gregory Manorino. He is a financial strategist, a technical analyst, and a practicing healthcare provider. He's provided hundreds of videos on YouTube discussing the global economic conditions He's got incredible insight into the mechanisms of how money works and how the global markets are emerging. And he's also been giving humanity warnings for several years about what could only be a, considered an economic imminent collapse. Mr. Matarino, thank you so much for being with us today. I am really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So, Greg, for the people that are listening, we were recording this interview in 2014, and it seemed to be the world was on a precipice of this great collapse. How did you foresee it happening, and when did you realize that this thing was about to happen? You know, it's interesting. I think my defining moment really was what happened at the last crash, the 2008, and how I saw that play out and how it affected people. I started to realize things from a different perspective. I mean, you have to... And to know about me a little bit, you know, my background, um, you know, working on Wall Street in the past and, and that whole mentality, um, it's, it, it puts you in a, in, a, in a spot, I think, that it's hard to really visualize or actually verbalize, but it maybe kind of 
uh, in a way pulls you out of how, how a lot of this affects the average person who isn't involved in all that and understands the movement of money and, and how the whole thing is a game against the average person. That's all this is. And it, it reached the precipice then, but the one we're in now is, is far, far beyond that because we have an issue here with global credit um, this this bubble it's the biggest bubble in the history of the world that has affected it's going and it's going to affect every human being on the face of the earth across the spectrum um, when this bursts and there is no doubt that it will burst when tomorrow the next day next month who knows it's going to happen it's just a matter of time and what people don't understand and I think this is the most frightening part of it is this is not really just about Finance. It's an issue of resources. I mean, I've been, you know, screaming from rooftops tops about this. When this bubble bursts, basic resources will become scarce. And unfortunately, because of, we've borrowed epic sums of cash out of the future to live a better now, when those resources are not available anymore, we're, we are, and there's no way out of this, going to witness a massive die-off with regard to a global population. Okay, so... When you're saying about the massive credit bubble, are you referring to this idea that people have been printing money across the world, governments have been printing money without any kind of valid backing to these monies, and we've accumulated so much debt, so, but how does this all fall into play? How does, how does this debt bubble finally collapse, and have you ever seen anything throughout studying history where something like this has happened on a grand scale? It seems that hyperinflation has happened throughout various civilizations. But this is the first time that we're all connected as a global community with one ba basic fiat currency. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, everything is fiat currency these days. But the issue, the issue is that be, by you know, I'm trying to by really understanding how, how what we've done here, we've 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 all unfortunately have created this situation in that we want to live a better life, and and, and what, what, how we've done that is by exceeding well by living exceeding our, our, our means by borrowing cash from the future pulling monies out of the future to live that better now we've created an alternate universe it's an alternate universe that would not exist if we were not able to borrow these monies from the future so because we've created an alternate universe it's the same as this, for example, let's say you wanted to have like a farm. I've used this before, and you wanted to raise uh, livestock. So you borrowed cash to, to raise those livestock and create a better environment for the, that livestock there. Then all of a sudden, you don't have access to those funds anymore or those resources. What would happen to, to those, the livestock? They would die off, and they would die off big, and that's what's going to happen here. So we are now in the biggest, most dangerous uh, situation the world has ever faced. We've seen um, many uh, economic and financial bubbles in the past, but nothing like this. Um, it, and, and the most clear way to actually gain a perspective on this is to just look at the global population in relationship to the debt that we've all accumulated. We've had a population boom that has risen in tandem with the global debt. Now, again, when those resources become unavailable, when the debt bubble bursts, it will burst. Every other bubble linked to it is going to burst as well, which is, brings us to the equity market as well. But again, those resources will not be available to people, and people will die off, um, millions of them. There's, there's no way out of it. It's, uh, it's horrible. People are not ready for it. They're not prepared for it in any way. 
Um, because all we hear from the mainstream media is how everything is just great. Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. Everything is going to just continue the way it is, and it's just not possible. And I think mm-hmm. you're the farthest thing from doom and gloom. I think that um, when you watch your videos, and I encourage everyone to go to Greg Manorino's YouTube channel, you're going to find something really interesting. And one, he's not hawking any products. He's not like, oh, by the way, you know, I've got a T-shirt. I'm recommending this or that. You know, you've got your website, TradersChoice.net. But you never come across like one of these holier and mightier people. And I think that your humbleness is a compelling reason and a very um, good reason why people should start listening to you if they haven't been following your videos already. Well, I really, I really appreciate that. You know, I, I'm trying to wake people up and let them understand what I, what my perspective on this thing, and let them make up their own minds here. And everything that I do is is free. My website is free. Whatever is on there is free. I don't ask for anything, except if if people do well, for example, using my my website and are, are making cash, just donate some to charity. Because you know, I do believe that. And the reason why I'm out here is because I honestly. Uh, at the core of my being, it's part of my values, believe that we have uh, a responsibility to each other. And I think more and more people, if I can just get one or two people to understand this, and they tell two more people, and they tell another two more people, it'll just get bigger and bigger. The better off we all, you know, we can make this for, for those that get it, the better off we're all going to be. There are going to be those that no matter what you do, they won't get it. They won't understand it. They refuse to. Um, they fall into that normalcy bias that they believe everything is just going to be fine, and you know our, our policymakers have our interest in in their mind, and that nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing at all. Um, there, there is absolutely no doubt about it. Wall Street is in is in bed with our policymakers and vice versa, and they're going to fleece this middle class for everything that is worth. We're watching the death of the middle class without any doubt. We are going back to a feudal system. I have no doubt about that. Those that survive this whole entire thing. Uh, you know, there are many people out there that don't buy into the whole FEMA camps and all this stuff. I personally believe that's true. I believe that our, our government and those in charge who really run everything are well aware of what is coming. This is why we are no longer one nation under God and we are one nation under surveillance now. Why the police in every state in the union have been militarized with military training and military vehicles. They are well aware what is going to take place because there's no way out. You can't print money out of thin air and expect everything to, to get better here in the United States, for example. That's all we hear about is how our, we're improving here. Our, our economy is getting better. Really? You cannot have it. It's impossible to, to, to you know, bury yourself in more and more debt and say this whole thing is, is just great by expanding credit and expanding debt. It can't happen. It's completely false. Um, and it's, it's, it's a shame. Right, but um, you know, you're somebody who says that you, you really are doing this for the greater good of humanity. You're putting your heart out there. But if you think about humanity, there are certain areas of humanity that you, know, you would think would be go right to hell once this event happens. But there are also other areas of humanity that, that could potentially come together. And I think about America. You think about all the uh, farmland throughout the world. Hypothetically speaking, what, the economy collapse, we're probably going to see the end of consumerism. But the sense of community, the idea that people can come together, grow food, and be united as communities, I almost feel that that's something of humanity that maybe we haven't seen in a long time. But I, I don't. Well, I, I hope that is the case. I really, really do, and I think that's why it's so important to get the word out there and people just gain a perspective on this and always prepare for the worst, always. You, you know, people say, yeah, you know, it's not going to be that bad, blah, blah, blah. You can't think along those lines. You, you always have to be overprepared for, for anything uh, and, and expect the worst because if you're underprepared, when any crisis hits, whatever it might be, you will fail. 
and and everyone you know, uh, you know, you won't be able to help them out as well. So I always look at things from the worst case scenario, and that I think comes from my medical background as well. You always have to be prepared to, you know, um, be able to get through the worst case scenario. Absolutely, but I mean, this thing is epic. We're we're watching without any doubt here the the death of fiat currency. Um, they're just exploding the debt on a global level. It cannot be sustained. We have a Federal Reserve in absolute desperation mode trying to suppress interest rates, um, distorting the markets uh, to the point of ridiculousness, move, uh, forcing cash into places where it shouldn't go, causing a, uh, a bubble in equities, which will not last as well. When will that happen? Who knows? We, are, we understand this, this week Janet Yellen came out, and she made it clear. They're gonna, she's going to back the market. She's not going to allow a correction. Um, and that's very dangerous. You, you, she, she, she obviously, well, maybe she doesn't. Or maybe she does realize that she's inflating a bubble, a very dangerous bubble. But it's all about a wealth transfer. That's all this is. It's a wealth transfer mechanism. And some people are going to win and some people are going to lose. And, 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 and who's going to lose here? The, the general people who don't understand what is being set up here. Um, and it's, it's gone on over and over and over again. We have a Federal Reserve that is a serial bubble machine, and they continue to inflate bubbles and then deflate these bubbles, which allow their Wall Street, the Wall Street banks and all the big-time investors to make money on both sides of that trade, on the long end of that trade and the short side of that trade. And when, when they're telling to people to you know, get invested in the stock market, put your money in here, and then the people who don't understand or are not smart enough to pull their money out at the top of this, all of that cash will be just transferred to the people that are going short this market when that's allowed to happen. When will that be? Who knows? I still believe in the free market. We do not have a free market anymore. It's a completely managed market. But um, either it's the free market at one point, which will force a correction in one way or the other, and I think that's we're going to see a, a bursting of this bond market or debt market bubble, uh, or they're going to just do it when they're good and ready to do it. Uh, it's a very interesting concept. Right. Now, you've talked about this bubble bursting. You, you seem to describe it as a, something that would happen suddenly in the course of a matter of hours or a matter of a week. Um, I've talked to several individuals, both on the economy side and both on the mystic metaphysical side, and a lot of them have discussed this thing is happening in waves, that it will happen in waves, and it will eventually wash out. It will happen on a gradual level. Like if you look at inflation over the last 20 years, you see that it gradually declines, whereas if you look at the inflation from 1975 to where it is now, we went from that in one day, you'd be like, oh, my God, you know, what a jump in inflation. Now, in terms of the economic collapse you're talking about, you, you seem to be pretty passionate. It's going to happen suddenly. Why do you feel it's going to happen in a more rapid-like fashion, as opposed to a series of waves that eventually takes everything down? Well, I think that every single bubble is linked to the main bubble, which is the debt, the bubble in debt on a global scale. And again, they're hyperinflating this this bubble. They're printing and printing and printing and doing whatever they can to keep it keep it propped up. But if you go back in history and look at financial and economic bubbles, when they all burst, they burst, they burst rapidly because of fear. It's all about fear when you're talking about people, when people are talking about their, their wealth or their money or whatever it might be. People start to get uh, afraid that they're going to lose everything. So what, what I think is what I believe sincerely is going to happen at one point is uh, whether it's countries, whether it's individual investors, whoever it is, they're not going to want to hold on to this debt that they know will never be paid back. Um, and, and are getting negative returns by holding, by holding a bond that is being, that's paying less than the actual rate of inflation. So at one point, 
the, you're going to see massive sell-off here in the, in the bond market, in the debt market. And, and, and what that is going to do, very simply, is put enormous pressure on equities, and equities that will sell off rapidly. So you're going to, and, and, and this is going to be almost, almost simultaneous. You're going to get a massive sell-off in bonds, pressure on equities, and all this cash is just going to look for somewhere to go. Um, and th that is going to be into commodities. I sincerely believe this. I've been seeing, uh, saying this since day one. What people don't understand is this cash does not go to money heaven. It goes somewhere. It always looks for a place to go. Um, and uh, that's why I think certain assets that have been beaten up to death beyond the point of ridiculousness, for example, precious metals, are going to rise to unbelievable, literally unbelievable heights at one point. No, you're talking about um, that it's going to take fear for this to happen, fear for this to change. When people think about the events, uh, the terror attacks of September 11th, you had massive amounts of people on a grand scale terrified. And I think in that fear, they were willing to give up their basic fundamental liberties that uh, was protected by the Constitution for hundreds of years. Now, hypothetically speaking, we get to this point where there is that fear again. Do you think they're willing to surrender more of their economic freedoms to um, not be afraid anymore? But what makes that fear, what is going to be that trigger point for that fear to spread wide, on a widespread, um, sorry, widespread scale? No, I think at one point people are going to, with this time, people are going to, they're going to wake up. They have no choice. When they, when they realize that, well, you have to think of it in this way as well. When people don't understand, most people generally, that the, every, every bill in your pocket, first of all, doesn't even belong to you. It's a unit of debt. It's not a unit of wealth. So it, it, it belongs to the issuing central bank. Not only does it belong to the issuing central bank, it's it owed back to them plus interest, interest that they pay out of thin air. And I sincerely believe we are going to see a shift here where the U.S. dollar is going to be almost confetti at one particular point. So when people start to understand that the purchasing power is being dissolved, that they can't go to the store, and, and, and maybe buy what they need just to sustain their own lives or their, the lives of their children, they will be, there will be panic. People are going to rush to the stores and clean these things out within a matter of hours when this, when, when this happens. I really think that's how bad it can, can get. Again, I look at things on the extreme. So when people realize, hey, you know, let's, what's going on here? Now, gasoline yesterday was $4 a gallon. Today it's 5 Tomorrow it's, it's you know, 10 What are they going to do? They're going to rush to get rid of that cash as, as soon as they possibly can and to, I guess, fill their cupboards with whatever they can get their hands on. This is where it comes down to the resource thing that we were discussing earlier. And, and that's not going to last very long. I, I believe that we could absolutely have martial law declared, price fixing, uh, bank closures, because there will be bank runs. People are going to run into the bank to grab whatever cash that they can. It, you know, it can really become absolutely epic, and I think that our policymakers are well aware of it, absolutely. Uh, but they just they want to keep everyone in a sheep-like state and keep convincing them that everything is going to be fine um, when it's absolutely not fine. Right. Well, and I, 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 go ahead. I was just saying that um, when people have this faith and they have this faith in the current faith in the currency, they have that faith that that printed money will have purchasing power. When they lose faith in something like that, something that's so fundamental, would you compare that faith to be on the same lines of faith in authority and faith in um, you know a, a government that can function? Because I feel like if you get if you bring down that pillar and people no longer have faith in their very currency. Who's to say that that's not going to be as comparable 
um, that they're not going to lose faith in the authority to, to control them. Maybe it'll be a double take. Maybe that, that. Oh, absolutely. I think we're going to be rioting in the streets, right in front of everyone's house who lives here in America. They have no idea. Because when people are not, that, that's why I believe we're going to have, and why they're preparing for, for, a, for martial law. Again, it goes back to why are we one nation under surveillance now? Why are the police being militarized? Are they are militarized in every state of the union? Are the the old police no good anymore? Are the old beat copies just garbage? Why are the police being trained in, with military weapons and military tactics and everything else? They understand where this is going to go. Unfortunately, most people are just they're not going to see this until it's right in their face and it's going to be way too late, way way too late. Uh, and that's what they need to prepare now. And I think that the people that are prepared, those are the ones that are going to get through this at one point. And uh, the ones that aren't, they're the ones that are going to get rounded up and brought to a FEMA camp or whatever they're going to do. But do you think they can really pull it off? Do you really think that a small section of the population can really exert that much force control over a population of 300 million? And hypothetically speaking, if these, uh, I've always heard about these uh, people there, they're quote unquote the elites that are afraid of the, uh, the common people. I don't understand why they would have any fear of the common people whatsoever when they're in their mansions, when they're in their guarded palaces, what do they have to fear? Oh, I think you brought up a good point here. Unarmed. Uh, I am an avid believer uh, that people should be armed. Um, and we have the right to bear arms. And they're going to they're try to do, to, they've been trying over and over again to take away our right to hold a firearm. Um, and they don't want an armed public. We've seen this in, uh, happen throughout history when you have an unarmed public um, being overthrown by a government. Uh, they, 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 it's, it's incredible. Look back at, at Nazi Germany as an example. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's incredible, and I urge everyone to, to, fight, to fight this tooth and nail. You need to be armed uh, without, without any doubt uh, because they, they, there is tyranny already. It's going to get much, much worse. Uh, and unfortunately, I believe that people are going to, if this does reach a fever pitch and, and does reach that point where, where people need to do whatever they need to do to survive, um, it, unfortunately, people are going to lose a lot of their sense of humanity, and they will turn to uh, like a survival mode. And uh, unfortunately, and I, I've been saying this for a very, very long time, the zombie apocalypse is real. Most people's neighbors are zombies because they're absolutely oblivious to what's going on. People just move through time and space without thinking, without pondering a, a past, without pondering a future. They live in the now, and, and, and that's all that matters to them. But when it, com when it comes down to survival, those zombies are going to wake up, and those zombies are going to look for every mode that they possibly can to survive, to let their, their families survive. And, and, and there it comes down to the elites or those who are going to have things that other people want. Uh, it's going to be very scary, in my opinion. It can get that bad. Uh, again, this is a worst-case scenario. What's your best-case scenario for this? What is, what is your, like, what is happening? <laughs> best-case scenario, I think, is, uh, you know, they, when this thing comes down here, they, they reinstitute some type of a gold standard. They give the money some actual value. Um, I... I I can't imagine this whole thing not needing a major, major reset. No matter how you look at it, resources are going to become scarce to certain people. And whether it's millions or tens of millions, uh, that's, that's how this is going to play out uh, on, the, uh, on the losing side. So but what about digital currencies? Like, what if they say, well, listen, no more cash. We'll go digital. And, and if people we, we, buy that, what if that, why can that work? 
Well, we already have it. You already have a digital currency. How, how many transactions are actually done in dollars? How many people carry these things around anymore? Uh, n not too much. I don't, I don't uh, believe that the a digital currency or Bitcoin is going to survive. When Bitcoin hit 1250, uh, I went out and I did a video. I said, dump it. Um, and it has gone down since that time. I, I, I don't like it. Uh, I don't believe that you can have uh, a, a, a currency that is, is not backed by a hard asset or it's just backed by whatever they want to back. It can't happen. It has to be backed by a hard asset, uh, something that actually has value, real value. Uh, that's my take on this. I still uh, believe that. And I've been asked about this quite a few times. Um, and I'll break you wrong, you know, Bitcoin is the way of the future. I, I don't see that at this point at least. I still think we ha we're going to go back to some type of a commodity backed asset. Uh, and it will most likely be gold. Why gold? Because gold is the most stable asset in the history of the world. Okay. And in terms of this, um, this collapse, there's a lot of uh, detrimental thing. You've actually referred to this as the greatest threat to humanity, to humankind, the mm -hmm. debt bubble bursting. Yes. But I want to bring mm -hmm. some of your attention that if this bubble bursts and this economy goes down, what would we have left? We would have a world what, where you don't have one currency controlling and dominating all types of people. And yes, I'm sure the transitional phase would be an awful, it would be a lot of brutal, on unprecedented scale, people would lose your humanity. But in the long term, do you see that this thing could actually be one of the greatest things for, for humanity? <laughs> for those that for those that come out of it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for those that come out of it, sure. Um, but again, yeah, we are we are definitely at the precipice of a great change. There's no doubt about it. And you know, again, this this does come down to opportunity. As bad as things get, there's always opportunities for people. And that's really what I want people to be to understand is, yeah, this thing can get so ugly and so completely out of control. Uh, it'll be hard to fathom, but you got to look for opportunity right now. And, and, and that's really what people need to do. And, and, and always understand that if things get as bad as they can, they've got to be ready for it. Um, it's always better to over-prepare, period. Wait, and do you think that people who um, are, aren't preparing, you can tell them, too, you're blue in the face and they're not going to do anything, no. that you have to accept it for what it is, that no matter what, maybe that, maybe that their purpose in this life is to experience this, that maybe that's, you're hampering their uh, evolution by uh, pushing them because they're never going to do it anyway. I mean, maybe they're, they're begging for this to happen because they need to experience this for whatever reason in life. Do you ever feel that way at all? Or do you feel that everyone well, should be may, saved? Maybe. Yeah, unfortunately, I do think people do have, they tend to fall into that normalcy bias. They're in-the-box thinkers. Uh, and I think that's what, and this may be uh, an evolutionary thing. Uh, it's absolutely true. And I, I've actually referred to it in those terms as well. Unfortunately, maybe this is a natural selection that is taking place here. Um, and, and, and those of us that are aware, you know, we can try to make a difference. And if it works, it works. Um, and if we can get more people to understand. And if nothing ends up happening, if we end up just being great, well, you know what, that's fine too. But it's, oh, you, oh, it goes back to what I said before. You've got to be prepared for a worst-case scenario. Right. Hi, Greg, I've got two final questions for you. first one is, who would you say would be the three most influential um, people in your life? And uh, also, like that would also, they could be your family, but it could also be um, authors or uh, teachers that influence you the most. Wow, that's really hard to say. What I try to do from people and from everyone is try to take a little piece of everyone that I meet and try to incorporate that into myself in some kind of a way. Um, there have been so many people in my life that have been important. Obviously, family members, friends, 
Um, I think everyone's important. I really, really do. And I, I think what people need to understand is every person that you meet on a daily basis probably has something that they can offer you in the way of knowledge or, or, or being more in touch with yourself and humanity and everything else. So when, when you do meet a new person, or just embrace that. So this person might have an important role in my life. Don't just dismiss that and, and listen to what, to what they have to say. I don't care what race they are. I don't care what religion they are. I don't care where they come from. It doesn't matter. I believe that every single person has something to offer. Okay, and when you have passed from this world and you're on your next uh, era of evolution, what do you feel would be your greatest gift to humanity in the life that you have lived? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I think from, from the perspective that, you know, I'm a healthcare provider too, I like to believe that I've made a positive difference in someone's life. If I've made a positive difference in someone's life, that's the most important thing to me, period. Okay, and uh, Greg, I think you can say that with uh, they're 100% right because there are millions of people who have seen your videos. You've had a profound positive impact on so many people, myself included, and a lot of other people in the financial world. They've seen you as a gentle uh, individual who's been bringing this message, and you're doing it in a very nice, concise, and humble-like manner. And for that reason, Mr. Manorino, it was an honor to have you on the program today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. And learn more about Greg by going to his website at traderschoice.net. Here to provide some insight on Mr. Gregory Manorino is Ms. Lisa Kaza. Lisa is a respected psychic medium. You can learn more about her by going to her website at soulpsychics.com. Lisa, what did you learn about Greg? Hi, Ryan. Uh, the very first thing that came through for Gregory, he's such a very humble, gentle, and honest man, uh, very charitable. And I feel that, you know, he, he feels responsible for, for educating and actually protecting others. And uh, I have a little bit of further insight on the protection and ed- education part in a minute. Um, now, I, I was actually shown very uh, briefly uh, two of his past lives that seem to be seeping through into this one. And the first was I found it very interesting. To, he was uh, something of a military general. Okay. Um, so he, you know, he can be in this lifetime like very meticulous. He's a strategist. Um, so he's u- utilizing those particular gifts from that past life. And another past life that's coming through here that uh, I can see in his work of today, um, it's like he was, uh, I get it, like a cast out of sorts from the community. Um, I don't know what this, what poor Gregory had done in that lifetime, but it's like he had been shunned. Okay. And it's going back to like the Celtic area in Ireland. It's uh, quite a long time ago. And in that past lifetime, he had to learn how to survive. So, you know, and fend for himself. So this is where his eagerness and earnest is coming from when it comes to him trying to get his messages across to the society of today. And did you know, do you feel anything about a recent past life? When was his most recent life on Earth? Uh, The most recent? Yep. Um... I'm not sure. Uh, it, I was only shown the two, like the the one of the military general and the the cast cast out. <laughs> okay, the, the military general. What era of history do you did you feel that was coming from? Um, I was kind of uh, confused because when I tried to look at it, 
um, I was actually shown, and this is rather strange for me, an image of General Patton. Really? So you, yeah. You, you think it might have been General Patton? No, no. His, his, he wasn't General Patton, but he, was, he had the same personality kind of thing. He was a real go-getter. He was very stern. Um, and like I said, quite the, the strategist military-wise. And he did give those orders, and he was pretty strict. But I'm going to have to say, because the next thing I saw were horses. Okay. So I'm going to have to say that I'm feeling very strongly that it was most likely during the, the American Revolution. Okay. You know, north versus south. Okay. He's part of that. And then um, what did you feel about him in terms of his, uh, what is he, what is his purpose um, for in this life right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll set myself up for that, because the next thing I was going to say was that two of his animal totems came to me. Animal? What's that? Animal totems? They're just like, they're spirit guides, but in animal form. Okay. And usually with animal guides, they, they come to us as aspects of ourselves. Okay. So it shows us who we are, but also who we can be. Now, the two, uh, the two most prominent were the stag deer and a wolf. Now, uh, when it comes to the deer, the deer represents self-sacrificing for the greater good. And the wolf, he is the protector of women and children and families, and he's also a teacher. So this is, this is where uh, his purpose comes in. Uh, I heard the, the very strong title. He's been given a title of the common man's advocate. That's right. I so, you, Lisa Kaza, thank you so much. Learn more about Lisa by going to her website at, at soulpsychics.com. Thank you so much, Lisa. Oh, thank you for having me, Ryan. Joining us now to learn about Mr. Manorino's position in the stars is world-renowned astrologer, Miss Constance Stellis. And you can learn more about Miss Stellis by going to her website at constancestellis.com. And Miss Stellis, what did you learn about Mr. Manorino? Well, <clears throat> a certainly a very interesting chart. Now, in light of many of the charts of your guests, I have found a very, very uh, interesting astrological position in common. It's subtle, but uh, Mr. Manorino is a... Cancerian, water sign Cancerian, but his um, sun sign is at the very end of Cancer. One more day and he would be a Leo. And this means in astrology that he has 29 degrees of the water sign of Cancer and that is the position of his sun. Now I can't remember all of the people that we've interviewed, but I would say uh, probably 75% of them had positions of their planets in 29 degrees. Now that is significant astrologically because that's the very end of a sign. And it is a position of, of a, like a pivot between one sign and the next. It, I hate to use it, does carry karma. Not necessarily bad karma, but it is a sensitivity point of seeing the end of things one way or the other. Whether this is right or wrong, uh, the person knows individually. I mean, it could be the end of something professionally. It also could be the end of a certain cycle of evolution for the person personally. So uh, Gregory 
is 29 degrees of Cancer with the Moon in Taurus, which is an exalted position, good position, and I know that he's in finance and trading and all sorts of complicated things, and that's probably a very good place for him to be. He has oh, what I call the dot-com uh, buzz, meaning that all of the people, he was born in 1965, and all of the people born around this time had two planets, Uranus and Pluto, in very close proximity. And this was the kind of easy-come-easy-go position. Uh, by that I mean that you had dot-com millionaires and then they were worth nothing in a few short years. I'm not predicting that for him, but he has that kind of very Uranian connection with the flow of markets. And um, I briefly looked at his website, and I believe that he is advocating buy gold, which seems to me to be very um, um, uh, harmonious with his disposition in his in his chart. Um, he is, well, he's very intelligent. He's very, very aggressive in what he knows. And I imagine this last retrograde Mars, which began in, Mar in March and just finished uh, May 19th, was kind of a doozy for him. Um, I don't know whether it was uh, personal challenges or business challenges, but I imagine that he wasn't all that comfortable in his neighborhood. But he is um, in a good good phase, let's say, um, financially, and I think that what he has to say bears uh, listening to. Excellent. All right, Ms. Constance. Well, uh, that was a fantastic analysis, and to learn more about Ms. Stellis, I'd like you to go to her website at ConstanceStellis.com. She's a phenomenal astrologer, and I encourage you to contact her if you'd like to have the best astrological chart reading ever done on yourself. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Ms. Constance. Okay. okay. Bye. Who is Gregory Manorino in a past life? Here to answer that question is Miss Laura Lynn. Laura Lynn is a past life reader, psychic medium, and you can learn more about her by going to her website at angelreader.net. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the program. Hello, Ryan. Hey. So what did you learn about uh, Mr. Manorino? Well, first of all, I was a little bit challenged to get full information from Gregory. You know, I don't know that I had, like, total permission, if you will, he may have had agreed with you, but kind of without reverence or a little bit skeptical, which is fine. However, it does make it difficult. It does make it difficult to tap in. But anyhow, this is what I did receive. I I got typing rebellion really loud. At first, it came as tapping, 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 and then. I had to keep on asking spirit, what are you trying to say? And I, I finally got it, Taiping rebel, rebellion. So what I'm receiving here is that he was living during the 1860s in a civil war in China, where he had a strong conviction for the common people to have shared strength in the system. He was a leader in the fight against corruption during that, that time and era. And um, have you noticed any other lives that really stood out to you? I mean, or has he been, always been a kind of person that's been kind of an organizer in, in other lives? Well, what happened was that he came back quickly, and he lived in England in his next lifetime. Okay. This lifetime, he, he became a she. 
there was a sad story associated this from what I captured. His her husband died. He was a newspaper writer, and she also had two children. Okay. There was no way of making an honest earning, and she had a ruthless landlord that put them out on the streets. Now, this was during about the 1920s. The children went to orphanages after her death from conception. So there is a, when you look at the sadness there and the, the well, lifetime of looking at, you know, looking at the need for money during that, that lifetime and the reason why the Civil War happened in China it makes a lot of sense to me why he's so focused on the economic collapse now to, so that people can be prepared, if you will. Great. Um, what did you read into his insights? Do you think, how do you, how, uh, do, you, do you think he's pretty right on about the way things are going to go, at least according to his perspective? Well, it's his perspective. I, I don't capture that myself. I feel like there is going to be a crisis, but in several layers and several times. I don't feel like it's going to happen all at once. But his perspective is important, and there's a reason why he has it. So I, I, I did listen seriously to it. I know you, you mentioned something interesting that um, his era of recently was around the 1920s. Do you think there's a possibility that his children in the previous life are still alive at this moment, and that has he possibly connected with his children from, a, from his previous life and not even realized it? It could have happened. I've heard of that before. Um, that's something certainly to that we could, you know, delve into deeper at a later time. I, my impression is no, it has not not happened. That the children, I don't believe, had long lives. Okay. What do you think his trajectory for this life, uh, remaining life, is? For this life. He's going to continue warning people. He's going to continue uh, educating people about the importance of making sure that they have other means and that they're properly prepared. You know, it feels like it's a conviction of his, and that is his life purpose. Okay. Ms. Laura Lynn, thank you so much. You can learn more about Laura Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. Laura, thank you so much. Thank you. Here to provide some insight to Mr. Gregory Manorino is Miss Carrie O'Connor, globally respected psychic medium. Learn more about Carrie by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Carrie, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing very well, Ryan. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. So what did you learn about Gregory? You know, it's interesting. When I looked at his energy field, I saw all these bubbles around him, and it looks like he has all these arms that turn into swords, and he's the bubble buster, and he'll use that. Um, same when he talks about the economy. So he's he's got a lot of yellow gold energy. The people that have that, they're here to really get to the truth. So I call them the truth sayers, and they like to come in and help us burst through those bubbles, those those bubbles that uh, the 3D blow up for us to um, you know believe in. They they kind of get us all uh, entrapped into their thinking. So he's come here to lay down a new path for us to get out of our own denial of what's going on right now, and he's a bubble buster. He's one of those people that um, lets people realize what's happening. What are your thoughts about his perception about how things might potentially happen with the economy? He seems to talk about a more rapid acceleration of deterioration of this bubble bursting and it being like an unprecedented event that happens, and all this stuff is happening at the same time. It happens in rapid form, whereas 
others are saying that it's kind of a gradual decline. What do you? What is your thought? You know, Ryan, I see a little bit of both, and I can see where people see it as uh, gradual, and other people see it as um, as rapid. Because right now, it's happening on many, many d- different dimensions. Things are clocking left and right every single day. We're we're having a speeding up of energy. So it really depends on where the person's is like their perception, what they're looking at. So you can kind of say it's not not answering. It's really where, where the person is viewing from. So if they're viewing from one, one lens, then they're going to see it happen really quickly. If they view it from another lens, it looks very gradual. So it's a kind of a combination of both, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But I mean, do, have you ever felt uh, or saying, seeing this thing where it, um, we have a period of time in your visions where the uh, the dollar collapses and there's an entire week where like every, where life is when we knew it, is completely turned upside down in the course of a week or maybe two weeks? I see it a little bit more than a week and two weeks. I see a major, like a def- one of the bubbles um, burst and, are, and it really shakes the core of the earth. I definitely see that. And then there's like a, a gradual, it looks like the domino effects that go over. It starts really with a week and a half and people are kind of walking around. It's almost like dazed and confused. And over the next um, month and a half, things really um, spread out across the world. So, in a month and a half, if you think about it, it's not long at all to make a major shift in the economy. And that, again, is happening right now. We're seeing it daily in the news. You could just hear. Yeah, it's, it's getting crazier. It. But I mean, hypothetically speaking, could you see it potentially happening? Like um, this kind of re- up, this kind of shift happening within the course of the year of 2014, or maybe happening later? Is, or maybe I see it. Again, I keep on talking about the year 2013 to 2015. In 2015, I see it as a line of demarcation to a very different life. And so I'd say, again, over the next year, year and a half, we're going to be seeing major, major shifts. The bubble is bursting. You can see it as one view where it looks like a balloon that's, that's quickly losing air, and then you see other that a bubble gets over overweighting each other. So it's, it's happening right now. In our linear time, I go into a year, year and a half. And uh, what about the idea that uh, what uh, Gregory is talking about, saying that um, when this thing happens, that there's going to be a correction in terms of the population, that, that billions of people are going to be killed off the planet as a result of this currency collapse? Because um, I, I actually tended to disagree with him on this, but I want to know how you felt about it. Well, again, it's one of those things, Ryan, where it depends on what you're looking at. And I could see where some person, it looks like people step off the physical plane and they go into another dimension, right? And that could look like a lot of people physically dying. I don't really see that a lot of people physically dying. Like he says, I'm kind of in alignment with you there. I think a lot of people are going to lose it, and it's going to create a system where the domino effect, where a lot of people could get disease a lot earlier. They could get... Um, healthcare and just is not medicine is not um, available, so it's it's going to affect everybody. But a massive transit of of people leaving this earth plane, I could it's more like their essence, or it's an opportunity. You could look at it one way as the ego has reached its final end, and we're going to have to become more spirit. And so again, depending on where you look at it. To me, that's where it's a huge opportunity for us to get back into balance. I talk about balance all the time. The soul is free. We seek that balance. We've been way out of balance, and now we're entering the stage of getting ourselves in balance. And uh, I want to bring to the listeners' attention that uh, Carrie and I have actually talked about this before. We've talked about this several times. And one of the things I love, Carrie, is that we had a conversation at one point and talked about how human beings, we there's really no way to tell actually how old we are. I mean, apparently, according to our history, we may be around for 100,000 years, but um, we also may be around for trillions of years. Now, this, this cycle that we are coming up on, upon, people are talking about it being unprecedented. It may be unprecedented in the human timeline for which we know it, but I guess according to 
other areas in the whole entire history of humanity. What haven't we gone through this thing before? Haven't we experienced it absolutely, several times? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I absolutely. In the Earth plane timeline, we've experienced these rises and and falls. Just think of the the ancient temples or the Lemurian energy and the Atlantean energy. I see it as real as can be. It wasn't any kind of fairy tale. Those exact, uh, planes existed, and so there, there's been many rises and falls on the Earth with the civilization and we're going back major one where we're getting back into balance where we don't have to keep on repeating these patterns it's up down back and forth <laughs> no the patterns like uh, i'm just um, curious i mean having seen this event or having perceived this event happening in the history of humanity um before have has humanity re- responded differently and how has humanity evolved in its response to this event where it goes ego and then it comes back to spirit, and then what it trickles back to ego. So it's a cycle. It's going from ego to spirit in a revolving cycle. How has that cycle been changing or evolving over the course of eons? Okay. The way I see it is imagine it's not a linear line. It goes up on a – it's like an overlapping thing. So we go to ego, spirit, ego, spirit. And the whole time, let's just say as we go through these transitions, we're releasing some more of the ego codes. So you can almost see it as – these tubes that hold us in duality, hold us split, and hold us in ego. And every time we go through these major transitions, we release some of those those cords and tubes that hold us into ego. So every time we come back, we have a little bit less ego to, to deal with. Okay. And, and think, this one, do you think we're processing a, a substantial amount of the ego? It seems like we're very much into the yang or ego-based area. Yeah, yes. We are going, reaching back to the point where many people call it getting out of the dark age and going into the age of light. And I agree with that. We've been in that yang energy disconnected in the mind. We've been staying in the mind, disconnected from the heart. It's a huge invitation for us to get back into the heart space. The sacred heart is what I call it, beyond the ego heart and the wounded heart, where many people live. Okay. And, um, you know, some of you are saying that this event, this um, economic event that uh, we're apparently maybe coming up, may trigger the the, uh, the world into a pit of global darkness. Do you think this is that we maybe we've actually been in the darkness for a long period of time? Maybe this is the break? Of the dawning of the light. Exactly. That's exactly what I see. It's like the light at the end of the tunnel where we've been in this restricted energy. And as we go through that doorway, it's almost kind of like labor and delivery when you're really at that moment of active labor and you're about to shoot that baby out. And that's where I see humanity. We've gone through this long tunnel of darkness and there's light at the end of the tunnel and we're shooting the baby, the collective humanity out. So it's newness, new beginnings. New, new energies that's coming in that will change the, our every single thing in our life. Awesome. And uh, one more uh, question about the, this, the cycle that we've gone through over the course of us eons, or if you want to call it that way. Um, is this cycle that occurs and has occurred continually, um, is this a cycle for the species of humanity, or is this a cycle... I'm going to rephrase structure this thing, because I know exactly what I'm trying to uh, explain to you. There, are, I imagine this: that there are souls that come, and they take on the role of a human being in order to further their evolution. Right. However, is this cycle that occurs throughout humanity a one-time ride for the souls that choose to become humans, or is this a revolving cycle, repeatedly revolving cycle for souls to live as human beings that go through this? Like, have the, the souls that have incarnated? human beings right now, have they experienced this event in other times? Absolutely. And not only that, what's going on simultaneously is that we think of past life, future life, that we're 
experiencing these events in other dimensions and other space and time. And that's when we were really at the beginning, right, of understanding what it means to be multidimensional, having access to those other incarnations that are all around us and that we can be experiencing at the same time. So what I see when we have a big, great, big, huge release, let's say a collapse and we can enter into this whole new birth, the new birthing stage, that the energy is a ripple effect, it's a domino effect, and it'll go out to any other, it's like a vibrational code that's holding the energy of restriction that's allowing new birth. And so the, the soul looks like it could evolve in a multidimensional way out of a restrictive energy, give birth and have this energy of rebirth all around it. And so it's opportunities for you to step up to this next level of rebirthing energy. Wow. That's did that answer great. your question? Yeah, I did. And uh, I just want to go back to Greg real quick. Um, as far as uh, Greg goes, do, is there any um, spirits that have that are with him that or that have been with him in this life that um, uh, really considerable amount of influence on him? It's just um, where she is. He, I don't know. Is there anything you see on that end? When I see next to him, it looks like this old man. It almost looks like Father Time that walks on his right side. This is guy in this long cape, he has this long beard, and he looks like again in a picture of Father Time. I see that energy on his right time. So that keeps him into the um, having like his finger or thumb on the pulse of humanity and the way that uh, duality almost. And he, it also helps him to look at life in a bigger way. I think it's interesting that he's got his medical degree and his um, his degree in a BS in um, and finance. That shows me somebody that's very, very balanced on the left and right side of his brain and, and even in his head, head and his heart. So he has this, it looks again like a father time um, energy that also helps him, you could say, in um, the spirit being would help him with the timing of things and to be able to um, accurately pick the, um, the timing of events. Well, Carrie O'Connor, thank you so much. Learn more about yeah, Carrie, but you go into her website at CarrieO'Connor.com. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Ryan. Okay. Okay, that wraps up another edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. I want to thank our special guest, Mr. Gregory Manorino. I want to thank our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Laura Lynn, Ms. Constance Salas, and Ms. Lisa Caza. And I want to thank you for listening. Learn more about the show. Learn more about the show by going to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Next week, we are going to have a special show focusing on hockey consciousness. What makes uh, these hockey players so unique? Are they Spartans from previous life incarnations? And we are going to do a soul forensic analysis on NHL legend Mark Messier, who's also considered to be one of the greatest leaders in professional sports as well. So until next time we see each other, my friends, I wish infinite peace and love upon you. Thanks again for listening. Have an unbelievable night. Come gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times we are changing Some writers and critics who prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again And don't speak too soon for the wheel's still in spin 
there's no telling who that it's naming For the loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing Some senators, congressmen, please heed the call don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled The battle outside region Will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing Mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand For the times they are changing The curse it is cast The slow one now Will later be fast As the present When you don't go to Geico.com Car insurance can seem intense Like breakup R&B intense I thought you said you love the sweater that I got you. If you did it, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a different 